Google Maps makes a suggestion. It says, you can save two minutes if you take a left here. Now, I am all about the clock. If you know me, you know that I am very time conscious. And it rubs off on my child, by the way. He tells his teachers when it's time to go to the next class. His eyes are always on the clock. It's time to go to gym. It's time to go to music. It's time to go to art. So uh, it's my fault. Um, But so uh, it says, you can save two minutes if you take a left here. Now, the left here is like something like like Ravenswood Baptist Church Avenue or something like that. And it's like, two minutes is two minutes. I'm taking a left. So I take the left. I go down, and, and this is the description my son gave the road. It's like we're on a roller coaster, Dad, as we're doing this and this. And, and we were on a perfectly good state road, a perfectly good, non-windy, non-rolling hill state road. And you know what? We take this, the, the Ravenswood Avenue Baptist Church Road and get off on this road, and I kid you not, we saw 20 deer 20 deer and all of them had this look in their eyes like we are going to mess up your Hyundai and your Monday and your Tuesday (laughs) so I don't know if we saved two minutes or not but it nearly gave me a heart attack as we're winding through the roads and we're going between farms and I mean it's this is and my wife loves it she's like this is a scenic route it's like I hate this route I hate you Google Maps this is what you've done to me we finally did make it to French Lick, and we had a good time after the anxiety wore off. So what is it about, you know, directions and, and needing directions and following directions and, and, and Google Maps that we, you know, we, we've all heard stories. You know, Google Maps is a wonderful thing. It's a great tool to get us where we need to go until you drive off a cliff or off a bridge that is like being under repair. You know, we've heard stories like that. So Google Maps is sometimes really great, most of the time really great, but sometimes it leads you down the Ravenswood Avenue Baptist Church Road to the middle of nowhere on your way to further in the middle of nowhere. Um, So when I think about like directions and getting lost, there's another story that comes to mind of my family. Uh, One day when I was in high school, we decided we were going to go to downtown Chicago. So we're going to go, we're going to go to the, the Sears Tower. I almost call it the Willis Tower, and which is a, a sin if you are, uh, grew up in this area. So uh, I, we're going to go to the Sears Tower, and we go downtown, we park, and we're walking around the city of Chicago. Now, keep in mind, this is the tallest office building in the world, and we can't find it. We're walking around the city of Chicago with our necks craned to the sky for what seemed like hours. Is that it? I don't think so. That's what we did for like an hour. Walking around, just looking at it. And we won't stop and ask anybody for directions because you don't do that. Finally, we've had enough of doing this and we, we stop and ask a doorman at another building, where is the Sears Tower? Oh, it's right around the corner. Ugh! So we go to the Sears Tower, we climb up in it. Oh, wait a minute, this is the Cornets. We don't climb anything. Um, we get into the elevator and we go up to the 103rd floor. 103rd floor! So we get up there and we have a great time. Uh, it reminds me of another story about the Sears Tower I want to tell you real quick. Uh, it's my brother-in-law's birthday and this story concerns him. Uh, we uh, went to the Sears Tower once on spring break. 
So we, we, we went to Indiana State together. We come home uh, to my folks' house. We're going to spend the, the week with my folks because, uh, you know, <laughs> we're party animals. Uh, so we go... <laughs> to the 125. We spend the, the, the time with my folks. That we go to Chicago. So we go to Chicago. We go up into the Sears Tower. And at the Sears Tower, this back in the day, they used to have like a little slideshow presentation right before you would go on to the observation deck. So we go, we're sitting at the slideshow. We're sitting in the front row, my brother-in-law, who is now my brother-in-law, my best friend at the time, Adam. We're sitting in the front row of this presentation. And we're waiting for people to file in. And there's probably a hundred people behind us. And I look at him, and now, keep in mind, this is pre-medication days, okay? So this is pre-medication days, uh, and I'm, I'm sitting next to my future brother-in-law, Adam, and I said, should I do it? And he's like, should you do what? I said, should I do it? And he goes, what are you talking about? I said, I think I'll do it. And he, he, like, the color drains from his face. As I stand up, I turn around, and I face the group of people behind me, and I said, Excuse me, excuse me, uh, my name is Sean, and I'm from southern Indiana. I've never been to the big city before, seen all you people, and uh, I just want to capture this moment, like a Kodak moment. I want to take all y'all's pictures. So I'm going to say, one, two, three, cheese, and you say cheese. I take out my camera, I go, one, two, three, cheese, and everybody goes, cheese. click, thank you, thank you very much. I sit down, he is beat red beat red and like everybody is looking at me like I'm some kind of crazed person as we're walking around the observation deck the rest of the day that has nothing to do with getting lost it's just a funny story anyway happy birthday Adam anyway um, so uh, when it comes to getting lost and, and Google Maps and and trying to find our way and trying to get to where we're going I think it has real relevance to our walk in life as Christians there's a story that's told, one more story. This is a story told of Billy Graham. In 2000, Billy Graham was invited by the city of Charlotte to come and uh, to a banquet in his honor. And he, he struggled with Parkinson's and he really was kind of hesitant to accept the invitation. But finally they said, look, we don't want you to come and give a speech or anything like that. Just a few remarks. We, we just want to honor you. So Billy Graham goes to this banquet in his honor in the city of Charlotte and after several people get up and, and they give all kinds of accolades uh, about him and his ministry and the lives that he's touched, uh, he gets up to say a few words. And this is what he said. I'm reminded today of Albert Einstein, the great physicist who this month has been honored by Time magazine as the man of the century. Einstein was once traveling from Princeton on a train. And the conductor started coming down the aisle punching tickets. As he gets to Einstein, he says, tickets, please. And then he recognized the world-famous physicist. And Einstein goes in to reach in his vest, and his tickets aren't there. It's kind of odd. So he, he reaches into his trouser pockets, and tickets aren't there. He opens up his briefcase, and he's going through his briefcase, and the tickets aren't there. And finally, the conductor says, no, no, it's okay, Professor Einstein. I know who you are. I'm sure you bought a ticket. It's no big deal. And Einstein thanked the man, and the man continued on his way down punching tickets. The, the conductor is just about to enter into the next cart, in the next car, when he turns around and he sees Einstein on his hands and knees, searching under the seat for his tickets and he rushes back to him and says professor einstein professor einstein he's like, it's okay i know who you are you don't i know you bought a ticket and einstein looks at the man and says my good man i too know who i am 
What I don't know is where I'm going. <laughs> you see, I'll tell you a little bit more about that story in, in, at, toward the end. But when it comes to knowing who we are and knowing where we're going, I think the Bible gives us a very clear picture of how to get to where we really want to be. See, I, I know who I am, and, and I, I, I know where I'm going, and it's not because of me. It's not because of anything wonderful about Sean. It's because of God's grace. And I want to talk for just a few minutes today about a passage of Scripture from the book of John. Now, we are continuing our series called There's an App for That. And we're talking about different internet smartphone apps that people use in their daily lives. Uh, we talked a few weeks ago about Angry Birds and dealing how to deal with our anger effectively and constructively. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about Facebook and Twitter and a little message uh, about be careful what you post, and what you like, and what you share online. Uh, last week, we talked about how people are made in the image of God when we talked about Instagram. And we talked about how people are made in God's image and we take pictures of the things that we find valuable and important. And Jesus, God, looks at us as though we are valuable and important before we are made in his image. Today we're talking about Google Maps and trying to get to where we want to go. Now, just so you're aware, next week we're going to talk about Tinder. We're going to talk about sexual immorality next week. So if you have a young person who sits in the service with you uh, and you're not prepared to answer questions about sexual immorality from your four-year-old, you might want to have them go to the nursery or cherubs. If you're accustomed to them being in here with you, you might want to have them out because we're going to talk about some sensitive topics next week when it comes to Tinder and sexual immorality. Uh, the Bible deals with it and we have to deal with it too. So that's where we're going. Uh, in a few weeks down the road, on September 11th, we're going to start a new series on the book of James called Where the Rubber Meets the Road. And we're going to talk about the book of James for the rest of the, of the year up till Thanksgiving and Christmas, which I'm not even going to talk about because it's like 80 degrees outside. I don't want to think about snow. Um, so that's where we're going uh, over the next few months. Uh, just a reminder, September 11th, we've got our big reunion Sunday. Uh, it's our big family reunion Sunday. We're going to have a bunch of activities and things, and uh, I think we're going to have a cookout too, a cookout potluck. So something to look forward to coming up on September 11th. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll give you more information about that in the coming weeks. Uh, but for today, we're going to talk about Google Maps. We're going to talk about knowing where we're going and, and how to get there. Uh, if you've got your Bible, uh, turn to John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Uh, if you didn't bring your Bible, you can grab one out of the chair in front of you. It's on page 763 of the Bible that looks like this, page 763. And we're going to look at John 14, like I said, 1 through 6. If you've got your favorite tablet uh, or your favorite smartphone app, I recommend either version or Bible Gateway. Uh, you can use that on your phone or on your tablet to look up the Bible passage as well. So we're in John 14, 1 through 6. Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples. He's just instituted the Lord's Supper, uh, where we, what we call communion. Uh, we do it every week here at GFCC because that was the pattern of the early church. That's what the early church did. Uh, they gathered every week uh, for worship, and when they did, they partook of the Lord's Supper. And that's why we do what we do here by doing it every week. Uh, one of the hallmarks of the Christian churches and churches of Christ uh, is that we want to get back to doing things the way they did them in the book of Acts. We want to get back to New Testament Christianity and doing things the way they did them in the book of Acts. That's why we baptize by immersion. That's why we take the Lord's Supper every Sunday. Uh, that's why we preach and teach from the Word of God because we believe that the Bible is the Word of God. And that's where we are today. So Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples. He's just instituted 
instituted the Lord's Supper, he's been talking about his death, which is imminent, it it appears to the disciples, because they're really troubled. Jesus has told them that one of his disciples is going to betray him, that's Judas, and then Judas leaves, and then he says that one of his disciples is going to deny knowing him three times. And it's not just any old disciple, it's Peter, one of his best friends. So one of his best friends is going to deny knowing him three times. And this, obviously, disturbs the disciples because the next thing Jesus says in John 14 1 is do not let your hearts be troubled they were troubled in their hearts and in their spirits he says trust in God trust also in me now the Greek word there for trust is a word that means believe Uh, and it means the construction of it is not just to believe once It doesn't mean just, okay, believe now. It's believe and keep on believing. With apologies to journey, Jesus is saying, don't stop believing. Okay? So don't stop believing. Keep believing in God. Keep believing in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. So Jesus sets up this image of a house, of a huge house with lots of rooms that he is preparing for his followers. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. And then he says, you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? It's thought that maybe Thomas thought that Jesus was talking about going to the temple, again, the house of God with many rooms. He thought that, it's thought that maybe Thomas thought he was going to the temple, and he's like, we don't know where you're going, so maybe you have some kind of secret way to get to the temple, Jesus says, no. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus says to them a very odd statement. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in me. Believe in my Father and keep believing in us. Because I'm preparing a place, I'm going to prepare a place for you. It's a place unlike any other. He's been working at it for 2,000 years, so I can't wait to see what this place looks like. But I know it's a wonderful place, this glimpse of heaven that God gives us through Jesus, that Jesus gives us. And we're told in the book of Revelation that it is a wonderful place where there will be no more weeping or crying or mourning or pain. Imagine, my friends, never hurting again in any way, ever hurting again. If your heart is broken, your heart will never break again. If your body is broken, you'll never have a backache again. If your mind is broken, if you suffer from mental illness or depression, you'll never suffer again. No more suffering at all. That's heaven. And that's where we're going. So how do we get there? Jesus says, it's through him. He said, I am the way. Now, the Greek word for way literally means uh, path or road. So he says, I am the road. I am the path. I am the way. A lot of people want to tell you that there are many roads that lead to God, many paths that lead to God, many ways that lead to God. And I like what Pastor Greg Laurie from California says. He says, it's true. There are many roads that lead to God, well, to his judgment seat, but only one way leads to heaven, and that is through Jesus. So there are many roads that will lead you to God's judgment seat, but only one way is going to lead you to heaven, and that is Jesus Christ.
And he gave his life for us. He suffered and died for us. He went to the cross for us so that our sins could be forgiven so that we would know the way. And if we will put our faith and trust in Jesus, if we will believe in him and repent from our sins, confess our faith and be baptized, God will wash away our sins and he will take us home to be with him forever. So Jesus says, I am the way. Not a way, not one of many ways. I am the way. And then he says, I am the truth. Now, one of the interesting things about the Gospel of John is that John talks a lot about Jesus and truth together. In John chapter 1, he says that Jesus came from the Father, full of grace and truth. In John chapter 3, uh, Jesus says that everyone should live by the truth. In John chapter 4, Jesus said that those who worship will worship in spirit and in truth. And then in John chapter 8, Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And then here in John 14, Jesus culminates it all by saying, I am the truth. And the good news about that statement is, is that Jesus will never lie to you. He will never lie to you. He will always tell you the truth. So when Jesus says that he loves you, he means it, and he's not lying. When Jesus says that he will save you, he means it. He's not lying. When Jesus says that he is preparing a place for you, he means it. He is not lying because Jesus is the truth. And finally, Jesus says, I am the life. I love this because I think a lot of people, especially people who don't know Jesus, but even people who do know him. Sometimes we get so caught up in the humdrum, in the same old, same old kind of life, in the day in, day out, you know, same stuff, different day kind of life. And Jesus did not come to give us that kind of life. Jesus says that he came to give us life and life to the fullest, life abundant. And Jesus came to give us an abundant life a life full of love and joy, a life of adventure. How many of you have ever thought of your Christian life as an adventure? It is an adventure. Jesus calls, to you, to, calls us to a life of adventure with him, to do his will, to walk where he walks, to go where he goes, to do what he does. He has called us to a full, abundant life of adventure. It doesn't have to be boring. It should never be boring. I think Jesus was probably one of the most exciting people to be around. What's he going to do today? You know, that, that'd be me. I'd be like the disciple going, okay, what's he going to do today? Who's got, I got dibs, all right? I got dibs. I'm going to stand right next to him when he breaks up that loaf of bread and, and those fishes. I want to see that. You know, did you guys see that? That was amazing. He's walking on water. Water. That's the kind of life that Jesus lived. That's the kind of life he wants to give to us. A life full of joy and love and adventure. That's the life that Jesus wants for you because that's the life that he gives and he is the life. And, and he wants to put that in you and me. How awesome is that? And then he, he caps this whole thing off by saying, there is no other way to God except through me. If you are trusting in anyone or anything else other than Jesus Christ to get you to heaven, you're not going to make it. Because Jesus says that no one comes to the Father except through him. 
no one. In second, in First uh, Timothy chapter two, verses three through six, Paul said to Timothy that God, our Savior, wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave Himself as a ransom for all men, the testimony given in its proper time. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him, that he is the mediator between God and humanity, the only mediator, the only one who can rescue us from our sins. The Bible says in the book of Acts that there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we can be saved. It is only through the name of Jesus Christ. It is only by putting our faith and trust in him. It is only by the grace of God that our sins can be forgiven, that our sins can be washed away, that we can spend eternity with God in heaven forever and ever and ever. It is only through Jesus. So if you're trusting in yourself to save yourself, you won't go to heaven. If you are trusting in your good deeds to save you, you won't go to heaven. If you are trusting in your parents' faith to save you, you won't go to heaven. If you are trusting in your church to save you, you won't go to heaven. It is only by trusting in Jesus Christ that you can go to heaven only through Jesus. You know, there are graves of religious leaders all over this world. There are graves of religious leaders and they are laying in those graves right now. But the grave of Jesus Christ is empty, my friends. It is empty for he is risen. He is the risen Savior, the risen Lord, the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is Jesus Christ, the one and only Savior of the world. And he wants to save you. So if it, you cannot be saved by following the eightfold path of Buddhism. You cannot be saved by following the five pillars of Islam. You cannot be saved uh, by your good deeds. You can't you be a better person in order to achieve uh, moksha in Hinduism. Some churches will teach you, well, if, as long as you're a good person. How many of you have ever heard somebody say, well, I'm a good person? No, you're not. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to break the news here. You're not. Jesus said, there's, there's none good but God alone. Only God is truly good. The rest of us are all sinners. And even if you only commit one sin in your entire life, you are marked as a sinner bound for hell. But Jesus Christ can wash away your every sin and stain. Only he can do that. And if you are putting your faith and trust in anyone or anything else other than Jesus Christ, you have no hope. It is only through Jesus that you can be saved. I believe that. Because that's what he said. I told you that I'd tell you the rest of the story about Billy Graham. Billy Graham gets up and he says, you see this suit I'm wearing? It's a brand new suit. My children and my grandchildren are telling me that I've gotten a little slovenly in my old age. I used to be more fastidious. That's a great word. <laughs> So I went out and I bought a new suit for this luncheon and one more occasion. You want to know what that occasion is? This is the suit that I will be buried in, he said. He goes, but I don't want you to cry for me. I don't want you to shed any tears for me. I don't want you to remember this suit that I'm wearing. I want you to remember this. I know who I am and I know where I'm going. I know who I am, and I know where I'm going. My friends, do you know who you are? Do you know where you are going? 
Do you know Jesus? He is the way, the truth, and the life.